Welcome back, everybody, to the Bocce Bros Podcast. This is Dante Level. I am joined here by my fellow Bocce brothers, Chris Level, Anthony Cugini, and Carmen Marinucci. Thank you always for tuning in. We have a great episode ahead. First, we're, we're going to go ahead and talk just amongst the Bocce Bros here before we dive into the episode with the president of the USBF Eastern Sector, Guy DeSantis. If you just want to fast forward to the Guy DeSantis part, please go ahead and do so by the 11-minute mark is when we get started with him. Guy was born in Italy and came to the U.S. with his family when he was just 10 years old. We speak about the memories with his father when he was a A-division player over in Italy, among many other things bocce-related, especially the Vegas tournament. As always, please follow us on all social media platforms, and please subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Bocce Bros. And for any apparel needs or bocce tournament information, check us out at thebocchebros.com. Thank you for listening. All right, that was Guy DeSantis, guys. I thought that was a really good episode. I'm going to keep recording here for a minute because this weekend we have a little tournament at uh, Crickets over there in Youngstown. Youngstown, Ohio. You know the owners of Crickets. Yeah, Don Holovatic. Shout out to Don. He's uh, our linebacker, and he played line as well. Uh, when I was at Poland playing uh, football. So known him for quite some time. He's done a, I mean, a pretty amazing. Every time I'm there, something new's there uh, over there at Cricket. So I think he actually, w- one year he had Nickelback. Nickelback? Uh, that does not shock me or whatever, like in the yeah. slightest. Yeah. yeah, and I think like the neighbors were so pissed off at him so he couldn't do concerts anymore. Yep, that's true. So he, I know he used to have one court there, and I think he turned it into two courts. I think it's still just one right Is now. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Um, and there's going to be a Thursday, Friday, Saturday flights throughout the days there, and then Sunday's Championship Sunday. So it'll be us three, um, and we have a special guest playing with us. We'll wait to announce that later on. Yeah, well, next episode. Later in the week, we have another episode. We'll have him on the episode. Yeah. Uh, but crickets, they used to sponsor... Uh, my softball team was me, Uncle Frank, Joe, nice. Uncle Bill. So if you walk into crickets, you'll see a seven-foot trophy in the corner uh, with a ball. It's probably stolen now with all of our names signed on it. Shout out to uh, Cricket Softball. James. Dante was the uh, third base coach. Yeah, right. Yeah. The best <laughs> left centers. So uh, Wait a minute. Speaking of like, sports, hold on. We had this doubles tournament, right, uh, this past weekend. And uh, we're looking. Marco's looking at me. He's like, Dante, you know where where Carmen and Ray are at? Uh, and I'm like, no idea. Have you like checked, you know, the bar? <laughs> you know, so you know, he's like, no, I just did. You know, I can't find. It. I was like, right, I'll go check. So I'm walking through. If you've never been to any sports plant, you have all types of different sports areas. So I walk through the bar into the basketball area. There's a four on four half court game. You got Joe Palumbo. <laughs> you got Ron Capagreco. Uh, you got um, Sean New, Mar- um, Carmen Marinucci, Ray, and they had to be subbed out because they had a game. So I, I subbed in, first time touching a ball since the old Keeley's tear, and had probably the most fun. Like, I was <laughs> smiling ear to ear. Joe Palumbo's gray shirt was black. Uh, he he uh, took his sweatpants off mid-game when I checked in. Uh, and it was probably just one of the best times I've had with the bocce Damn. community. It was so fun. Um, Matt Estes, uh, prior to that, said he was a three-point specialist, um, but he went one for 20. <laughs> Come on, Matt. <laughs> I've been waiting hey, to play Rob. a sport against these guys that I could pr- most likely beat them in. That was the one tournament I wasn't there. 
Ron Capagreco actually had a solid jump shot. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, let's see. He's good. Sean New hit like four threes in a row, and there was a uh, there was like a high school volleyball team behind getting ready for their game on the other courts, and they were going nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. It was just such a funny moment. And like, meanwhile. Everyone is like fifteen beers in, <laughs> like or twist like forty out. Like Ron Capogreco was drinking like the the cans of twisted teas. The like so like it wasn't just a classic. Oh, let's play, have a fun pickup game. <laughs> it was an intoxicated people spin, spinning the wheel at the bar right before. <laughs> it was, uh, just so, so was it a good moment. tournament? Did you guys have a good time then? Yeah, definitely great tournament. Yeah. Marco put on. Yeah, a Marco great Orlando does a good job over there. Six courts. They're they're solid courts, and I I just learned that. They have someone come in, I'm pretty sure, from California, or maybe it's Arizona. But either way, they bring in this sand that's uh, from that region. And even though it's indoor, the uh, sand that they bring in actually doesn't absorb water. So I guess they've tested it, and the water will just sit on top, and you either let it evaporate or sweep it all up. So the courts are in pretty good shape. Interesting. I was always wondering... um you know, you, people install bocce courts, and it's like, okay, are those going to stick around? Like, I've seen several bars, whether it's Columbus or Cleveland, at least a couple, where they used to have bocce courts, and they realized not many people, like, go out there and play, so they do something else with them. I was curious how NEO would go about that, just because there's six over there. But as long as these guys have tournaments, I feel like we'll be okay. Do you know if they have leagues there, Carmen or Anthony? They do. Okay. Perfect. They have Tuesday and I think Thursday leagues there, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Nice. And then they have us come in and go past the front desk and play on our own. Don't know what yeah, and shout about. out to uh, Ezio. He came in from New York to play on He was playing sports, basketball, was too. Cool. So he lives in New York? Yeah, he was. That was my captain. He picked me first, so I'm honored. Well, guess what? Your team lost, buddy boy. <laughs> After I checked in, we took over. Game, set, match. Shout out to Sean New. Uh, but Ezio. Ezio and I got – I was guarding Ezio, and you know, we were talking after the game. He's got some some basketball knowledge to him, some IQ. He was moving well on that court. Yeah, and he speaks Italian just as well as he speaks English. Impressive. He's got a, a heck of an Italian name, Ezio. Ezio. How did you guys finish out? We lost a heartbreaker. To who? Pino and Doug, our guys, good. They they didn't play their top game, and we just did not take advantage. We went down eight one, came back. We were winning eleven ten, something like that. Eleven ten, yeah. And then I had the last shot. Both of our games were in my hands, last shot, and I just did not get the the bounce I wanted off that rail to damn smack it out. The first game and that last game were almost the same. Like literally, we had to save the game four frames in a row, save them all, kept going, kept climbing. And then we just got just an unlucky, happy with our play though. Break. Happy with our play. We play, we both played well together. After yeah, I told Anthony, he's like, there was one time he's like, it just seems like you get in your own head. It was on a couple rules. It's like, no, you're getting in my you head. You get my head. And he's like, what do you want me to do? He's like, just don't talk to me and don't walk in my <laughs> peripheral when I'm about to roll. He walks down the court right when I'm about to roll every time. He tried pulling that shit in King of the Court. I don't even know if he knows he's doing it at this point. If he's doing it to <laughs> his teammate, do it. <laughs> yeah. that's true. <laughs> He has his hand on his hip. <laughs> he walks down. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I looked at the video. I was like, man, I look fat in his videos. I was looking at Instagram. I was like, I got to lose some weight. <laughs> That's what he's caring about. Yeah. Mid-game, yeah, too. Yeah, mid-game. 
So, Carm, how do you do? Carmen played really well. We played well. We went three and two. I played with Ray Carlson from Lowville. Shout Ray. And uh, we just started playing together last winter, but we've never played in a tournament together. So I thought we meshed really well. We're both really laid back, and it Mm -hmm. was kind of like we want to discuss shots because we don't want to make the other person mad, but we also don't want to take 10 minutes. So we're just like, yeah, yeah, if you like it, go for (laughs) it. You guys definitely had fun. that, that worked out. So we went three and two. We lost to the first place team and the second place team. Uh, so Stewie knocked us out. I mean, listen, guys. So Carmen's bocce rankings, I think, are going up. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he he explained last. You had to put him in the top twenty-five. I say. Yeah. So <laughs> you're in the you're in the championship against Pops last Friday at the MV or uh, oh. excuse me at the Padangano Club. Yeah. Positrano Club, we we played our best regular season ever, and uh, we finished third. We ended up going in and upsetting the t- two seed, Joey Cassis, Frank Cassis, really good team, and uh, we played my dad. Oh. And so you know, obviously we marketed it a lot because I'm in the championship. I was following along the whole time, and it was just easy marketing, father versus son. Mm-hmm. So. It, what was really cool is a lot of people actually showed up to the club to watch. Uh, oh, so you mean, I mean all the, the marketing efforts and us promoting <laughs> the game helped? We would have known. Hey, yeah. Estes, that's Yeah, they worked. <laughs> and uh, the, the coolest part was Anthony Rowan, who's my brother-in-law. He invited my uncles and uh, some of my dad's friends, and he had no idea. Oh. So we're warming up, and they walk in, and my dad's face turns white. One of my uncles is a ball buster. He's like, are you kidding me? What are you guys doing here? And so we, we thought we were in his head. Well, the game started, and the energy that my dad brought was equivalent to the Carmstrong 9. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, stare downs hit, hit a shot <laughs> yell fist pump it was awesome and he, he kicked our butt uh, the whole team did the whole team played awesome there's that comment on facebook it said uh, is this considered child abuse <laughs> <laughs> and i lost it <laughs> you were chris rock he was will smith oh too soon <laughs> <laughs> no that's great though i mean it was it was really cool sitting from afar watching all of that i mean that's what makes it fun is like these little backstories right and Having the father-son duel was great, even though the Real Housewives of Bocce is on the NABA page talking shit most of the time about it. So, so much real, but, real housewife, house husbands of Bocce is yeah. the best. Next week's episode is going to be opera. better. Yeah, the soap opera, Bocce of our lives. Why we'll do a skit for the. All right, and that wraps up this segment here, guys. Uh, we are going to now start the episode with Guy DeSantis. And here we go. Guy, welcome back to the podcast. You're co- probably coming off of a heater right now uh, from Vegas, the big-time Vegas tournament. It looked like it was a huge success. We were all paying close attention. Uh, but go ahead and uh, give us a go. We'll just dive right into it. How did Vegas go, man? It went great. Hopefully, we see you guys there next year. Chris and I have we already... you guys there. It's a great event. Uh, very successful as usual this year. Uh, record-breaking uh, amount of teams. We were shooting for 64. We wound up with 65. With a little uh, miscalculation, we didn't record one of the teams, and uh, we wound up with 65. 
we actually wanted 64, but you know, it was a team. Uh, we never would tell someone that they couldn't be in once we. Yeah, that's kind of tough. You know, he, they had signed up. So we wound up with two brackets at the end with 32 in the gold division and then 33 in the silver division. Uh, great success. We, the tournament just keeps growing and um, we don't know what we're going to do for next year. We already have people that want to pay us for next year, which is crazy. But uh, uh, we have to limit because the, the way the tournament's done there, it's a little different than any other tournament in the United States. Uh, it takes a long time to play these tournaments. We played uh, 296 games. Uh, that's a lot of games to play in three days. And some of those games, even though they only played 10 points, take a long, long time. We had games that went over well over two hours for one game. That's nice. Um, yeah. The competition is great every year. And like any other tournament, any big tournament, you know, you have the top 20, 30 elite teams. You have the middle of the road teams. And then you have yeah. the teams that are there to just have fun. And, you know, um, so it was a great success. We added a couple of new things this year. We actually had a, a bar inside the room. Oh, there you go. People so that really went well. Uh, food inside the room, tables. Uh, so it went well, really, really well. And we ran within 15 minutes of our time that we had every game scheduled, which is was a, a shocker. Yeah. But we're full capacity. We don't think we take more than these amount of teams. Um, we might get more space, but the space is not really going to help us next year. It's just, uh, we can't just, we just can't take any more teams, but, uh, great event. Hopefully we'll see you guys there next year. We had some representation from your area. Yeah. Yeah. We had Rocco there and, uh, it was fun. Katula Meats was you there. Guys, you guys know Rocco, right? Oh, oh yeah. 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 So he was there. Uh, uh, I'm actually going to see him in a couple of weeks. He's coming to New York. And you guys are coming, I'm assuming? Yeah, well, we're, we're going to get into that shortly because I do want to talk about that. But uh, to yeah. R- Rock is a good man. We were just with him, uh, or at least just talked to him the other day. Um, but he was playing with uh, Cthulhu Prime Meats, her boys from Youngstown, uh, Danny and was Angelo, right? Angelo was there, yeah. Angelo. Yeah, Angelo, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they, know how to, they know how to party and bocce and just have a good time. I think that's a good time. You know, they, they're coming back next year 100%. Oh, know, yeah. I don't know if they talked to you guys about it. But oh, they yeah. They were really excited about the tournament. You know, they, they thought it was well run. They they really had a good time. They got to meet a lot of different people that they never met before. You know, uh, there's a lot of teams from California, of course. But, you know, we had Arizona and we had the Kentucky guys and we had Idaho and we had uh, Washington State. You know, we had Chicago. Uh, Florida, so we, we I think we had fourteen or fifteen states represented in that tournament. That's so a big deal. That's a big deal. They got to meet a lot of different people that they probably had never seen in these tournaments. So it was fun. So how did it? How did it go overall? Do you think? Meaning, our let me rephrase this here. Uh, do you think the top teams in the tournament excelled or or made it as far as they could have gone? Definitely. They, I mean, you know, like every other tournament, the top teams are always the ones that are going to rise to the top, no matter what the conditions of the courts are, the length of the courts. It's usually the, you know, the, uh, I shouldn't say the same teams. Uh, actually, this year, the team that had uh, won two previous years in a row came in and made it to the finals. But prior to making it to the finals, they won three great games at 10 9, which took forever to play, but it was very competitive games. But 
that's a good team, and they were up there again, you know. But um, we really only that's the only team that's ever won our tournament twice. No one else has ever won it twice. Wow. It's you know, a lot of competition. It's uh, tough to win twice, especially when you're playing there and it's a neutral uh, area, you know, uh, courts. No one really knows the courts. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, whoever adjusts the fastest. It's not that I'm coming to your courts and I'm playing in your courts and you're going to be, you know, favorite. There's no favorite there. You know, if you're a good team, you're going to rise to the top. And like in the tournament, the, the the better teams always wind up towards the top. But we had great teams that got knocked out early. You know, we had great teams that got knocked out early. Mm. But uh, it happens. You know, you have a couple of big games and you could be out. But, you know, everyone was happy. Everybody played a minimum t- seven games. I think the guys that won the whole thing wound up playing like 17 or 18 games. So... That's a lot of bocce for three days. I'd you know? be pretty sore. I'm, I'm sore after like three games this weekend. So, <laughs> hey, hey guy. But we had we played from eight o'clock on Friday till about nine o'clock at night. That was a Friday, nine ten o'clock. We finished. Then Saturday we had we started seven thirty, and we didn't finish till about ten o'clock at night. And then Sunday we started at seven thirty, and we didn't finish till about seven o'clock. Mm. So it was three days of full bocce, twelve courts going ninety percent of the time, to full speed. So. Oh, Guy, do you have a... any idea uh, what date you're going to have for this tournament next year? We already know for the next uh, uh, four years. So we oh. have a set that's already uh, contracted out. They want us back. You know, I think we do a good job for the casino, helps them out. Uh, so we have the dates. I think it's March uh, 2nd, 3rd, 4th. It's always the first weekend in March. Okay. And it's going to be like that for the next uh, four years. All right. Get my calendar. Right, we're going to mark it down right now. Yeah, mark it down. It's uh, whatever that first weekend. Uh, I think it's a, a two, three, four, three, four, five. So, you know, that first weekend. Hey, guy, what, right. what year did this start? And, and kind of go into the, a little bit of what made you guys, I guess, create this tournament. Uh, my brother and I, uh, I don't know if you know my brother, Frank DeSantis. Uh, we came up with this idea that, you know, why don't we start a, a, like a national uh, tournament but we have to find a, a site where it's going to be neutral and a destination spot so we can bring people in from all over. Because, uh, you know, if you have a local tournament and you put in a little uh, in a small uh, city or there's nothing really for people to do and you're going to run it for three, four days, sometimes, you know, teams are not, uh, they're reluctant to coming over to the tournament. Doing it in Vegas was a great idea. We started out outside at the Italian American Club of Las Vegas. Uh, and that was outside, but we took a chance for the first three or four years. We had it outside, and you know, I know the weather's not pretty good there most of the time, but uh, you never know. And the people were starting to complain because it was getting cold at night. You know, we did it in March, April, always the same time. Um, and we started out with, uh, I think the first year we had, uh, I want to say, 18 or 20 teams, and then it started going up and up and up. And every year, uh, you know, it just went up and this year we had people we had to turn away, and we did that last year. We did that this year. Now next year it looks like it's going to be even more. But we did three or four years outside, and then we went inside. We had a connection actually from the Italian American Bocce uh, Club. There we met this uh, uh, young lady, uh, Maureen, and she's uh, she's the head of sales in this casino, and that's how we got in. And she got us in there. She's a, a bocce person, and. We got in there the first year, and we showed them what we could do. And since uh, now they've doubled our space the last two years, we have 45,000 square feet. Uh, 
It's a huge place. Yeah. And and uh, next year will be our tenth uh, year anniversary. Wow. It'll be ten years. All right, so that'll be a good one. We definitely have to come then. Yeah, you have to come for that one. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'll, uh, I'll start talking to my wife now about it. <laughs> Smart. You want me to send a little note for you? Yeah. <laughs> like a doctor's excuse. Right. Yeah. That's yeah, he's a must. He has to come. Yeah. The, the, the tournament cannot go on without them. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, we would love to do that. And hopefully by then we have our streaming um, perfected. Uh, we can bring uh-huh. our microphones and everything like that. So maybe, maybe that'll be something to shoot for definitely next year. That'll be great if you guys could stream some of the games. Uh, you know, you'll see the competition is pretty good, and uh, it'll be it'll be fun. There's a lot of, uh, like I said, there's a lot of representation from all over the United States. So, 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 so speaking speaking of representation from all across the United States, guy, we are about to hang out in a month or so uh, in New York um, for the Bet Ambassador uh, Bocce Ball Tournament, and more so, it's not even a t- it's more than just a tournament. It seems like from the word of it. And maybe you can, you know, I know you have more of a hand on it. Uh, can you go about what I'm talking about? Talk about what I'm talking about, I guess. Yeah, the idea behind this whole thing is we came up with it, and it's actually more as uh, from Gabe Patroki. That's his uh, club. It's a small club, beautiful club, two courts. Uh, he's meticulous about his place. He, he, you know, he's really into bocce. And the idea is to try to get the minds together to move bocce forward and get different ideas from different parts of the country on how we've grown our clubs, how we've grown tournaments, how we do price funds. And everybody's got a different idea about price funds. Everybody's got different ideas about leagues. You know, everybody's got different ideas on how to play a tournament of uh, singles, doubles, triples, four-man teams, four-person teams. So the whole idea is to just come together and we're going to have a nice representation from all over the country. And uh, we'll have some speakers where we're going to, everybody's going to voice their, uh, their way of how they got into Bachi and how they handled it and what they're doing for their club or what they're doing for their region. And maybe everybody could get a little bit from everyone else and a tidbit from everyone. Maybe it could improve, you know, national uh, and maybe get everybody on the same page of, uh, that's the right word to use. I'm not sure, but that's the whole idea behind this. And we're going to do the tournament, which will be fun too. Mm-hmm. And there'll be a lot of downtime because we only have two courts. So that's good time to really socialize and get to know other people that are really moving bocce forward in the United States. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. I've seen pictures. It's called Waterside uh, Bocce Club or Waterside Club? Waterside Club, yeah. Okay. Waterside. Waterside, yeah. It's a beautiful place. I mean, it's small, but it's beautiful. He keeps it very, he's very meticulous. Like I said, he's, uh, he really loves his place. And uh, he's going to do a good job. We're going to have a nice dinner on Friday night. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, Saturday will be a tournament and everyone will be able to socialize. We'll have uh, plenty of time to do that. Yeah, and uh, hopefully we'll come with different ideas for everyone. You yeah. Know? Speaking of, uh, Anthony Cugini is the other uh, half that's coming with me to uh, New York. So we were just talking about mm-hmm. it. We just played in a doubles tournament this past weekend, and uh, finally pulled the trigger yeah. on you know g- uh, getting accommodations and everything. But we're we're looking forward to it. I can't wait to. I've been talking to Chicago guys, Kentucky guys. They're all going down. Uh, they got the invite. So we're just looking forward to, like you said getting ideas from everyone yeah, hearing from everyone. Yeah, we'll have somebody from Dallas uh, coming to um, California. East. We have somebody from Martinez. They have the biggest club in the United States in Martinez. I don't know if you guys have ever been there. 
Mm -hmm. I think they have 2,500 members. Oh my God. Is that uh, California? That's Northern California. Yeah. Yeah. He's coming. He's the, um, he's the big, uh, he's the big shot of that club. So What's he's, he's going to be there too. Yeah. What was his name guy? I'm sorry. I didn't catch it. Uh, Travis. Uh, I, don't, I don't recall his last name. Okay. Travis. I, I, I never met him personally. I just heard of him and uh, I reached out to them. I know people that play in that club and uh, people that come to the Vegas tournament, people that have played with in California. And I asked about the club and they said, oh, Travis would probably be really happy to attend. We reached out to him and he's he booked his stuff right away. Amazing. He says, I'm here. You know, he's <laughs> a real promoter of bocce and he does a great job with that club. Yeah, does a great job with that club. I mean, so. To have to have that many members, you have to kind of do a decent, half decent job, right? Yeah, yeah, and he, you know, he's an ambassador. That's that's you know, he really promotes bocce, mm -hmm. you know, and um, it'll, it'll, it'll be a fun a fun event for the three days. It'll yeah. be a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. We're hoping to bring our some of our equipment, do some interviews, and you know, a little uh, some cool little things we have planned. But looking forward to it, guy. Yeah, and what we're doing, too, is we didn't just invite established clubs. We invited clubs that are just starting out mm -hmm. that are looking forward to this because this is where they're going to learn on how to and get different ideas. So they, they're really gung-ho to go to this. We have, uh, I think it's two clubs that are just starting out, and they've already done a great job on their own, but I think this is really going to open up their eyes and see how other clubs have done it in the past or what they're doing right now. So, mm -hmm. and. No, that's wonderful. I mean, I know we've touched on this previously uh, in our first podcast that we recorded that we had issues, but, you know, the older generation in the past, and maybe even some now, they never really wanted to pass down this game to the younger generation. They're, you know, go play on the side while we play bocce, basically, is what, you know, a lot of us were told. So for someone like you, who has been a bocce enthusiast and advocate for so long to reach out to us and build that friendship, and not only just us, but all these other clubs, right? And obviously with the tournament that you've had for the last almost 10 years now, that's just you know another way of you growing the game. And honestly, we're hoping to follow in those footsteps. Uh, that's kind of what, you know, one of the reasons why we're doing what we're doing. And so I think what you guys have going on in Syracuse here, I have a wedding or I'd be there. Um, but that, I think it's a, a great idea. And I'm excited to hear from these guys how it goes. So thank you for, for being a part of all of that. Thank you. Well, my, my mindset has always been to grow the sport. And, and the only way you're going to grow the sport, if you involve the younger generation, you can't just live by, you know, uh, today. And that's it. You have to include the younger, you know, I was so proud that my son came to Vegas. First time he's ever been, you know, and he came and he really never played bocce. So I had him and my nephew and one of their best friends. And Sunday mornings, nine o'clock sharp, we practiced for about seven, uh, seven or eight weeks before we went there. And you know what? They're coming back next year. They loved it. Oh, they perfect. really enjoyed themselves. They won a few games and that made them really, you know, gung-ho to get ready for next year. We still practice on Sunday mornings, which I thought it would end after the tournament. But no, they want to practice now. They're hooked, and hopefully they get some of their friends involved. You know. Well, I was and watching. I was watching a video um, of the Yonkers uh, Mount Vernon Bocce Club page. I believe it's a 14-minute video that you guys have there talking about the game of bocce. And I don't know if it was you or maybe it was. Um, is it Paul Rabito? Pete Rabito. Peter, Excuse Peter. me. Sorry, Peter. Peter. Um, one of you guys said. You know, after you throw your first ball, it's a, you know, whatever. But when you throw your second one, that's when you get addicted. 
And yeah, I, that, that was Peter. That was Peter's okay. call. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so the video was what the one that uh, uh, I think it's the one that uh, um, uh, making the point was that the video. I think These that, are some sounds... kids that was their final project at NYU. No, no, this one. Uh, well, this it's just on. Oh, yeah, making the point. Yep. Yes, sir. Sorry. Making the point. Yeah. We had we had a. Uh, 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 I was four students from NYU and that was their final project. So they followed us for about six months and they did, they actually did that video. Uh, so it was, really, it was, it was really a lot of fun with the kids and, uh, they, you know, that was their final project. So they, they did a nice job. They followed us to every tournament. Uh, they came to our league nights. Uh, they came to Connecticut with us. They brought all the equipment and we thought they did a great job. And, uh, you know, people enjoyed that video. It was well done. We thought it was very well done. And uh, they went on to have very successful uh, uh, careers, all of them. One has his own radio show. One is, uh, uh, he's a director. And I think he works with a lot with De Niro now. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so they did a good job. Yeah. And it was good times. And they were a part of the series on YouTube. Is that correct? Uh, no, that was different. That was uh, the the series. That was a, a bocce ballers a web series. That was a uh, uh, two young ladies had contacted me that they wanted to do uh, a bocce web series of two families. And I don't know if you guys seen that. That's a, that's a pretty funny since, uh, thing. And uh, since our last, and that was ninety percent was shot at our club. And. Mm. Um, so they had stuntmen there, and they, it was uh, they had uh, the 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 two ladies. Uh, it was uh, was uh, their names. Well, it was uh, they had uh, Raffaello, Perfetto, Bianca, Madison, uh, but Amanda D'Aquila and Jill Pinella were the ones that really produced the whole thing, and they were the ones that were. Married, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the whole video, but I don't want to give it away. But, <laughs> no spoilers. But it was pretty funny. And, and uh, then they did a release down in the city, and they invited us down, and I went actually down there with my wife. We spent the day and my daughter, and it was nice. It was done in the theater. It was uh, very well done. Oh, that's sweet. Guy, yeah, for our viewers and our listeners, where can, uh, where can we find both of those videos at? They're on our website. They're on uh, the Mom Vernon Bachi uh, website. You can find them there. I'm actually going to uh, post, uh, when we promote the, this podcast, we'll pr uh, post it. So look out on our Facebook, guys, if you're listening, uh, and you'll see both links there. I suggest you watch both of them because it's, it's pretty yeah, good Yeah, both of them are nicely done, yeah. Actually, it was funny because when they were doing the, making the point, you know, the uh, bocce is not dangerous, but it happens to be that they were there. The, the, they were filming, and we were in Connecticut, and uh, my teammate... Uh, you guys will meet him. He's going to be in Syracuse. He was hit by a Polino right between the eyes, and he wound up with 17 stitches. Oh, my God. And they have it on video, and it's in the video, actually. And it's, <laughs> it's funny now, but it wasn't funny then when he got hit. But, of yeah. course, we finished the tournament, then went to the hospital. <laughs> Machi first, you know? Yeah, there's some gravel on it. You'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just kept playing, and then we... Drove home and then went to the hospital. So. Wow, that's not the first time I've heard a story. Well, actually, I was there. Anthony, weren't you there? It was the the two man high stakes several months ago, maybe three months ago, and someone rolled a point. And you know how there's like a, a follow through sometimes with the yeah. rolling points. And this guy fell, you know, followed through a little too much, cracked his head open, 
uh, right down the middle, uh, drove himself to the hospital, which was, in, in hindsight, a terrible idea. No, <laughs> we should definitely not have let him drive, but he got about, like, 11 staples to the head. He's fine now. Um, but, yeah, so... Bo- well, my friend was hit, my yeah. friend was hit by Paulino. He wasn't even on the same court. He was on a different court. <laughs> he got hit. And and each each court in this facility is separated by a six-foot chain-link fence. Oh, my God. With a small two-foot opening to go from one court to the other. And Apolino just happened to find that opening right, right in the middle of his head, and right here, Jeez. and it really cracked it open. Man, that's crazy. Bocce's a tough sport, man. Yeah. <laughs> NFL uh, bocce. <laughs> <laughs> Not as safe as you think, right? right? Yeah. So they'll do a CTE yeah. documentary on bocce yeah, in years to come. <laughs> so, guy, you ha- mentioned that father-son connection with your son, you know. Uh, forming a lot more on the bocce court as of recently, but I know that you mentioned your father, um, you know, was very involved with bocce uh, overseas because you didn't, you're not, yes. uh, you were born in Italy, correct? And you came over here when you were 10, but talk about, about a little bit about growing up in Italy with your father who was, you know, an international player. Yeah, he was an avid player and, uh, you know, and uh, on my side, on my father's side, everyone was really a bocce player. My father was the, the real player you know he was like a, a serious a division you know they play with the bronze balls and and i was the kid that would follow him everywhere he went you know i was one of those kids that was a pain uh dad where are you going i'm going to tournament i'm coming you know <laughs> hop on a vespa go with him you know ride on a vespa my mother would almost kill my father a few times for that <laughs> but i would sit on that vespa for two hours with him and go and watch and ask every question possible you know i was a little kid i was seven years old eight years old and say Dad, what did you do this for? Why, why would, you know, and he would try to explain to me. And sometimes he would get irritated, especially if they were losing, of course. Sounds like and, Anthony. You know, leave me alone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, his teammates would say, hey, this kid is interested. You know, fill him in. Why we did this? And, uh, you know, so I was into it, you know, all my life. Then we came to America. And when we came here, my father was very depressed because that was, you know, that was his thing. That was his outing. You know, he loved to play bocce. Then you come to a new country, don't really know anyone, and bocce was bocce was a thing of the past for him, until we discovered you know the club in Mount Vernon, and we started playing again. But you know he was a, a great player in Italy. He was uh, he came here when he was 38. He was at the peak of his of the game for him. You know he's got some real gold medals, not like the gold medals we get in America. You know he <laughs> he's got real solid gold medals and bronze and silver. And he traveled uh, Italy. He actually played in Torino. He won the regionals in southern Italy. And then he wound up playing in Torino, which is the ultimate place to play bocce if you're a bocce player. That's wow. the, that's like the capital of bocce in, in northern Italy. Quite the resume. And that was 1969, I think that was. And, yeah. I remember a story. I think I told you this story. Yeah, I we, love this story. We first came... <laughs> we first came from Italy. We're living in an apartment and uh, came home and the house was ransacked and my father wasn't home yet. So my mother's there crying, you know, me, my brother, my sister were like uh, devastated. They even stole our money that we had a fundraiser at school for cookies and chocolates. <laughs> and my father walks in and he says, what happened? And he says, look, they just ransacked the house. And he said, where are my medals? He really didn't care about anything else. But he was only worried about his medals. <laughs> and luckily, they're still that there. That's priority. <laughs> that's great. So, you know, that's how much he was into bocce. And I think that, I think it makes him proud that me and my brother followed his footsteps. 
once we got into bocce here in America, and uh, he loves to come and watch us. I actually, he plays, he played every day now because of the pandemic. He's really slowed down. He's going to be 90. So I take him down on Saturday, and he plays a few games still. My brother's actually in town this this week. He took him down a couple of times this week, so he was happy. Oh, so, good. But, good. I and hope. now you have two cousins in Italy that both play A division bocce. So, you know, it's uh, and it's it's great when we go out there. We had we had a piece of land in Italy where we had built two courts, and it was called Club Thomas because my father's name is uh, Tommaso. So Thomas is the translation. So they had built and they had stands and. Well, actually, one year we went there and we brought trophies from America and we ran a tournament for everyone in the area and they had a lot of fun with it. That's pretty cool. So, yeah. Where where at this? You said that was in Italy. Yeah, in Calabria. Yeah, in Calabria. That's pretty. That's yeah, got to be amazing. Yeah, yeah. So it was fun just bringing trophies and they we, they didn't know we surprised them. We walked, we got there, and we opened up our suitcase. We had carried these trophies that you know they had never seen trophies in Italy a little different than what we have here. So. We said we're gonna have a tournament, and we scheduled a tournament. The whole town was there. It was a lot of fun. Oh, nice! A lot of fun. So, are you gonna to come to any tournaments in Ohio this year? I I would love to come to that one in August, but like I said before, it's our vacation, our family vacation week, and I can't get away that weekend. But one of these days, that's that's our next uh, thing we want to come out to and play. Yeah, we know a lot of people. You know, we play with a lot of those guys in other tournaments, mm -hmm. but that's our next stop. Hopefully, we'll come. We'll come uh, to Cleveland. Awesome. Yeah, I recommend you come to the Carmstrong 10, uh, the 10th year at the MVR, uh, mm -hmm. third weekend, I believe, in September. If you're if you're available, that's another good one in Ohio. Not quite as big as the Wycliffe Bocce Cup, mm -hmm. but it, it's a good one. It, I think it's worth the travel for sure. Yeah, guys, that's what, yeah, we see, I like to go and play all different clubs, and I've been all over. I've been in California. I've been, you know, many, many places. I've played in California, uh, so many different places from San Diego all the way to San Francisco. We've played uh, many places there. Uh, you know, Pennsylvania, Connecticut. Connecticut, I don't know if you guys have ever been to Connecticut. There, there's many, many facilities to play botch in Connecticut. It's a big hub. Uh, so I always look for a new place. Uh, uh, we played in a place in Vermont. Uh, went to see a place in Burlington, Vermont. Uh, wherever I go, I look for a bocce place just to see what it's about. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. I do the same so, now, literally. Yeah. <laughs> so just in yeah. case, you know. Yeah, just in case. Yeah. I mean, I did that. I'm, I'm waiting for you guys to come to New York one day down uh, the New York City area. I need to. We'll I'm, a bocce tour, you I know? don't know why I haven't. it's taken me so long just to get to the city. I mean, Chris has been. I've never even been down, down to New York City. I'm dying to get yeah. there. Well, when you guys come, we'll uh, we'll fabricate some tournaments. Even if then, uh, we'll make a few calls and we'll have a tournament. Oh, we have uh, Peter Rubino's place. We have our place here. We have many places that we play bocce. So there's, uh, or we could just go on a tour and, and play five, six different places in one day. <laughs> it's a bar hopping. <laughs> we bought bocce hopping. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I've done with people. They come to New York and uh, we we just get in the car and we'll go and play three, four different places in one day. <laughs> that's awesome. You know? So. But it's fun to just see different places, different sized courts, you know, uh, different environment. You know, we just opened up a club. One of our friends just opened up a club. They're right on the beach in Long Island. Santo, right? Babylon yeah, Santo, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna be. He's gonna be there. Oh, he's done a great job with his club already. He just started out. Mm -hmm. We just had the first tournament there. It was a nice turnout. 
And now the town has agreed to build two more courts. Oh, amazing. It's going to be even closer to the water. They're right on the sand, basically. That's they got a nice, beautiful bar there and a restaurant. And it's a really nice place. Really nice place. That's amazing. Glad so we're looking forward to really growing that one, too. I'm happy to hear that you know? for Santo. Good for him. I'll have to reach out to him. But, uh, Guy, so, talk to uh, us about the USBF. When did you – so you're currently the Eastern Sector President. Is that correct? Yes. When did you start yes. to get involved with the USBF? I got involved actually through Peter Rabiro. Peter Rabiro and I are really good friends. We've been friends for a long, long time. Um, so he was involved in it, and uh, he was in, he introduced me to the USBF. And before I knew it, I was became uh, uh, just a member, and and now I'm, I've been the president for probably about uh, I would say about eight to ten years oh, wow. for the East Coast. That's awesome. So, so people yeah. really must and, uh, like you. You know, I, I try to attend as many uh, of their events, but even the nationals, it's tough to take off a whole week to go. You know, it's, it's really it's tough. hard. That's you know, crazy. when you're working, it's hard. And I've done it, and I do it as much as I can. This year, they're going to be in Boston. I'm going to try to attend. You know, it's in my sector. Hopefully, go for maybe a couple of days. I can't go the whole week. Mm-hmm. It's a very busy week here in June for my for the kind of work I do. So it's hard to really leave for a whole week. But I might go for the weekend, maybe participate in a couple of the events because there's going to be multiple events. I don't know if you guys have attended one of the nationals. Oh, we have not, but we're looking at it. I mean, we obviously, we cannot do the whole week either just because, you know, with other, you know, uh, stuff we have to do in our lives. But we're definitely going to, I've been eyeing down, you know, one of the weekend, either the first, you know, uh, or the latter half of the week. So I'm trying to find something out because I would love to go. I need to see it. Yeah, no. It's, it, first of all, it's a nice, it's a nice facility. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys ever played Punta Rafalolo. I mean, that's that's a different, a total different game. Unfortunately, that's I a haven't. very skillful game, and it's uh, it's not played much in the United States. But that's the game that's played around the world, and you know that's why you have the nationals to try to qualify a couple of teams to compete in internationally. Mm-hmm. I mean, in America, it's you know more the Alpenbachi game, but uh, uh, the rest of the world doesn't really play what we do here, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the four-men teams don't even exist in most parts of the world. We do it here because I think a couple of things. One, uh, we don't have enough courts. Uh, two, we want to try to make everybody involved to play. So uh, even in our club, we play sometimes six on six on one court, you know, three on one end, three on the other, because we don't want people to just sit out, you know, but... Right. That's not the real game. I mean, most of, most of the world plays singles, doubles, and triples. Mm-hmm. Because any time you have four people or more, you're actually only playing half the game. Because you're stationary on one end of the court. So you're only playing half the game. The other t- half the team is playing the other half. And that's why that's you not recognized. Do you four-man walk ever or no? Do you guys do two and two? When you play we ball. do two and two. We do, uh, yeah, we do two and two. Parts of New York, they do one ball each, and everybody walks. All eight people walk. It is that what you're referring to? Yeah, four man walk. Yeah. yeah, not not uh, in the New York City area, the tri-state area down in Lower New York. Here, uh, no, it doesn't exist. No, it's usually two and two. It's stationary on both sides. Yeah, I yeah. would say probably ninety percent of the tournaments up here are four man walk. Four man walk, one ball. Ten percent of a two v two. Yeah. Uh, you guys like that, or do you guys play two on two? It's it's like, it's got advantages disadvantages, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, either way, it's 
I think I it mean, definitely changes your aspect of how you like stack a team or staff a team. I mean, right. Kind of got to be a little more selective because, you know, yeah. You just never know with, with one ball each, what situation. Yeah, one ball each. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I don't like about the one ball, I mean, and, and the same thing with two ball, people have, you know, plus and minus in both, uh, in both scenarios. The one ball, it's like, you really can't correct yourself after you throw that one ball. <laughs> and that's, to me, that, that's the only downfall of that one ball. You know, that's the only thing I don't like about it. We play it. I mean, we go, we play in Rome with it. We play other places with it, you know. Uh, what do you guys think about Backboard Dead or Backboard Live? How is that? <laughs> <laughs> I personally... What's your feeling of that? I personally... Uh, we grew up in Youngstown, which was always uh, live. So that's all we knew. Then we moved uh -huh. to Columbus, where they were at the time playing um, Open Rules. So uh, back wall was dead. And we were at the first like, oh, this is weird. But, you know, quickly, you know, we didn't complain or anything. We're like, this is, you know, it is what it is. And we, we did it for several years, like four years, up until we started traveling to tournaments, predominantly in the Northeast Ohio area. And we're like, uh, everywhere is back wall live. And we stink at it because we don't get to play it, you know, in Columbus. Uh, so yeah. we, we at our, in our league, we made it back wall live. That way we can just get better. But so we basically flip flop. I don't. I'm. I'm so indifferent. I'm so in the middle of it. Um. I. Yeah. I like both of them. I played all. I played all my life with back bar, backboard, live, live. And then the club that they're talking about was dead. So it was like that was weird. And then the tournaments were live. So it's like, honestly, I. I look at it the same way when you go play a court. It's mm -hmm. the same court, same rules. Yeah. Just suck it up yeah. and play the yeah. game. Just tell me the rules yeah. and I'll play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's what we do too. We we participate in a league in Connecticut, one of the biggest leagues in the area. We have over 200 players. Uh, we have eight courts. The league runs Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, and they play backboard uh, live. Mm. And we don't do that. I mean, that's the only place that we play backboard live, unless we go to Rome, you know, the big tournament. Mm -hmm. They play the backboard live. Um, we got much better at it because we play in the league. Mm -hmm. uh, when we first started, we sucked at it because we weren't used to that. You know, we were used more on the finesse shot, you know, six inches away from the back wall and not try not to burn the ball. A little different strategy, you know, set up a ball so you can hit it down so your ball is alive. So it's a little different strategy. Uh, we got used to it. So we play in the Connecticut League. We do very well. And like you said uh, before, I think it was Dante said, you know, you adjust, you go and you play. That's the rules and that's what you play with. Mm -hmm. You know, and... My thing is, if you don't like the rule or whatever a league does or a club does or a tournament does, you just don't attend it if that's if it's not your thing. You know, right. I'm not going there and say, you know, this sucks or this is no good <laughs> or this. Hey, this is what it is. Exactly. If I don't like it, I'm not coming back. If, if I'm indifferent, I'll come back, you know, and I don't expect any different from anyone else that comes to my club or to my events. You know, that's the way we do it. And... I can listen to what you want to say. I don't know if I'm going to change it because one or two people don't, you know, uh, and that's that feeling. That's, that's the way I feel, you know. Uh, it's the same thing with the price fund. You know, people think that by having a big price fund, you're going to draw more people. I, me personally, I think it's the total opposite. I think you shut out a lot of teams when you take all the money in a big tournament, especially, and you put it all on top. I think you turn some teams away. Uh, so I have a totally different different approach about price fund. I mean, even in Vegas, we pay out 38 spots of the 65. Um, and I think that works for us. I think people like 
coming there and just getting a few dollars, even, uh, you know, if you stay in the gold division, the whole, uh, the whole tournament, you're going to get paid. If you drop into a silver division, you still got six prizes that we pay out. We still pay out a few thousand there. Um, that's my belief. And that's, I think how we grow the club, uh, the, the whole tournament. And, and, uh, I think that's the, most of my tournaments are done like that. They, we don't put all the money up on top. I think it just, uh, uh, it just doesn't work. I think you get teams that will not participate after a while. They'll do it for a few times and then they won't participate in it, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> Does it mean it's right? I don't know, but yeah, that's just the way that's my, my thinking behind it. I know other people say, you know, like in Vegas, we get calls and say, you know, how much is first place? And first of all, when some people ask me first place, that's to me, that's already a turnoff. Uh, so you're just coming there, not for the respect of the game or, or to be proud to win something. You're just coming there for the money. And it's like every other tournament. So, well, this might not be for you because you're not going to get 10,000. Can I pay 10,000 for first place? Yeah, I could do it. But what am I going to do with the rest of the teams? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's how a lot of these tournaments, I think, not the big ones like the Cleveland, the Rome, because you have a lot of teams that come there and it's an event. It's not just a tournament, it's a big event. So I think that's a different approach. But if you're going for a tournament tournament, I think you would turn some teams away by just piling all the money up on top. Yeah. And I believe, especially behind the Vegas tournaments, we have to generate so yeah. much for the, for the casino. Otherwise, if we did what some people would like us to do is to really pile the money up on top. Eventually the tournament might come to an end because we would have teams dropping out and not coming back because then you would have all these stack teams just coming for the tournament and you would have about 10 or 12 of those teams. And those teams would be the only ones getting any money. So eventually I think the bottom teams would not come back and participate. Once that happens, we're not gen generating enough money or enough revenue for the casino they say, well, you know, uh, we can give you the space. We can't afford to tie up uh, these rooms if we're not, you know, if they're not making any money. And a tournament like that would come to an end pretty quick, I would think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think three key factors, uh, and there's more than three, but that people look at when they're looking to go into a bocce tournament or they're looking to, you know, go have fun, obviously. And that's why they're playing, I would imagine. Um, you know, some may look at the money. Um, and then, you know, um, oh God, now I'm losing on the third one. Uh, oh, help me out. Location. Loca no, it wasn't location. I'm losing my mind. But the, the moral where I, where I was trying to get at is that you guys do a great job of the ba just balancing all, everything, right? And, oh, the pride. The, the third factor is the pride. Like, the, it's a lot of people don't of just play for the money. They play to be there and, like, to play against some of the best in the, around the country or just all around the country and have the pride of finishing in the top 10 or, you know, 15 or be the top two or one. Um, and I think Vegas, you guys do a great job of just balancing that. It's not all about the money. Um, but, you know, can you go there and, you know, still come back with a couple of dollars if you place, like you said, in the 30, uh, half the pool? Like, that's awesome. So kudos to you guys. Yeah. And my, my thing is, too, with these tournaments is that, uh, you know, people say, oh, you know, if I was playing for more money, I'd play better. Uh, not the, uh, I don't buy that. <laughs> because if, you, if you're competitive, if you have a competitive nature, it doesn't matter if you're playing for uh, $5, $1 or nothing or $100. It's not going to make you play any better. I, that's what I, 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 I'm 100%. It doesn't matter what I'm playing for. If I'm playing for nothing, I'm playing 100%, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, 
that's why I was a bit in all, all the sports I played. I played soccer, I played hockey, uh, I was a bowler. So whatever I played, I played at, at the top, you know, my ability. I, I, I never worried about, oh, you know, this is for $20, or this is for $100, this is for $1,000. And again, I, I think I, we went over this. Uh, if you want every tournament in the United States, you're not going to make any money. You still have to go to work the next day, you know? Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you win. And what's more memorable, winning $1,000 or winning maybe a medal? And maybe 10, 15, 20 years down the road, you look at that medal and say, hey, you know what? I was at that event and I was able to medal. And to me, that means more than anything else. And I've learned that from my father too, because again, like I said, his medals were the, didn't matter what he won. It was that medal that he could still show his grandkids today and say, look, look what I've done. You know, this is, this is real. This is, you know, so he won a few thousand dollars. I remember one time he won first place. He won a bedroom set. My mother was ready to kill him. So what am I going to do with a bedroom set? And I was, <laughs> you know, so, you know, those are, you forget about the, the money, you know, the thousand dollars. That's why I framed the money. You frame the money. You know, I hope you have a big frame. <laughs> Anthony, you have to win. You have to win frame. first to, to frame it. Are you still working? That's the question. <laughs> yes. There goes my. I just proved my case that exactly. I still have to work. Uh, you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're never going to retire. No one's going to retire on botchy money. So, what, uh, unfortunately, I, right. What do you think? Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, I understand the, the big price uh, fund and, you know, the big money. Yeah, it's, you know, will I play in it? Sure, I will play in it. But I think when you try to grow something, I don't think that's the right approach to grow it. That's, yeah, I, yeah, I get I'm that. I'm not saying I'm 100% right. I'm not saying I'm wrong, but I, that's my belief that I, and I, and I proved it that even in our leagues, in all the leagues that I run, everyone gets something. Of course, the money is stacked heavily on top, but even if you come in last place, we'll give you a $50 bill, $100 bill, depending on the price one. You play 25 weeks, 28 weeks, 22 weeks, depending on the length of the league. Mm-hmm. And I think even doing that, it, it stops in this, the leagues from past experience that I've had, even through bowling and other sports, when you have to give people incentive if they're towards the bottom, because what happens... Sometimes if you there's nothing, no incentive at the bottom of the standings, people don't show up the last few weeks. And that's detrimental to the whole league. Mm-hmm. Because let's say you're in first place and you're playing a, a 13th place team and they know they're out of the money or they're out of the, they have can't win anything, they might not show up and they're forfeiting the game because they have no interest in coming there. And that's not fair to a second place team that's trying to fight and, and try to so if you give them a little incentive, at least maybe they'll show up. And you know, in all these years, I never had anybody drop out of my leagues. Mm-hmm. What happens if you run a tournament and uh-huh. a team shows up late, or you know, it's the morning game, the first game? <laughs> what? How do you go? <laughs> I need to hear how a professional like you would go about it. Go. <laughs> I would give them just the amount of time that we have that, that we will be in our rules and in our rules, it states that you have the 15 minute and, mm-hmm. you know, especially with a big tournament or a tournament that's uh, timed, like, uh, especially like the Vegas tournament where you really can't waste 15 minutes at that point, you know what you forfeit and there's nothing you could do. I mean, there's not really anything you could do. Mm-hmm. You know, there's uh, unforeseen situations where we've had in the past 
where we, we get the captains all together. Even this year, we had a situation when actually one of our guys from our club was rushed to the hospital in the middle of the night. Oh, man. And now what do you do? You know, that's not fair to make them forfeit. I mean, this is, a you know, so we took a vote of all the teams that were playing that day. And before we started, we didn't mention who the person was. We didn't tell anybody who it was. We said we have an unfortunate case. We have someone who's rushed to the hospital. Would, would it be okay to get someone that has not participated in the tournament and replace them? It was 100% yes. Mm-hmm. And then the guy shows up right before we start. <laughs> came back from the hospital. He said, I told the doctor I have to leave because I have a bocce tournament. So I have to leave. You have to get me here. You started so he took the an Uber from the hospital and came right into the room and played. You started the episode saying bocce first. Now, look at that. Same same. That was here. bocce first. So now we've <laughs> talked about it. That's hilarious. That's yeah, great. but, uh, you know, with the forfeits, I mean, once uh, that time, uh, there's really nothing you could do as an organizer. What are you going to do? And then what happens? You do it for one team. And then another team does it. Now you just opened up a can of worms because then you got to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. And you got to do it for everyone. So it just puts you in a bad situation. And the organizers should never be put in, in a bad situation like that. It's not fair to them. Whoever's running the tournament, it's not fair to them. You know? Yeah, you don't want to derail an entire tournament full no. of people just for one group. I mean, you want to no. try and be accommodating, but I think that's no. why it's important to have it in the rules like you guys do. We have it in the rules, and we also have a, a rules committee that if we have a situation where it has never happened or we don't have it in the rules, and what we do is we select people from all over the country. We don't just select East Coast. We'll take somebody from the East, one from the Midwest, with different mentalities and different way of, of running tournaments. And that's the people that are in a rules committee that if there is a, a, a situation like that, we'll go in a room without the crowd and discuss it and say, what are we going to do here? And it's happened a couple of times. And you know what? We never had a problem. We voted on it and that's what it was. And, you know, we get people that have reputation that they know how to run tournaments. They know how to deal with these situations and you surround yourself with these people and that's how it works. You know? Uh, so it's worked out well for us. We've never really had a problem, you know, whenever we had a situation. And when and the bigger the tournament, the more situations like that you're probably gonna come across. Oh yeah. It's happened yeah, to us a few times in Vegas, which but it was resolved. Yeah. And resolved the right way. I mean, but I, it's, that... I mean in a double elimination, it's very hard to even skip a game in a lot of times because that game is dependent or the next game is dependent on that first, on the game right before that. Mm-hmm. When a round robin, like even in Vegas, especially the first day, it's round robin. We could actually skip a game if we want to. Mm-hmm. We never did. We don't want to because it sets a presence for the for future. But maybe in a round robin, you could do that. Skip a game if somebody is running late or if there's an emergency. In a double elimination, you really can't. In most cases, you can't. No, no, it's too tough. So you have to stick by the guns, and and I know the situation that happened there, and I think it was handled the correct way. No, yeah, no, I just I just wanted to bu- you know bust a little chops too. And it, it, <laughs> yeah. They'll probably never even hear this bit. They'll never hear this bit. But to wrap things up, guy, we appreciate you. Kind of, it moved the schedule around. Yeah, right. But to wrap this up, guy, we appreciate you hopping back on with us. Uh, we know you know the technical difficulties were rough the first time, but again, appreciate you. Catching up with us again, but yeah. before we go, you should know where this is heading. What, what is your favorite? Tell the viewers, the listeners, your favorite bocce moment. Uh, I know there's many, so feel free to you know if there's not just one. If you want to mention another one, go ahead. Well, uh, 
probably my favorite favorite is uh, the first time we went to play in the Nationals. We had never played on synthetics. We had never played really anywhere out of the New York area. We wound up going to Chicago or Highwood, which I don't know if you guys have been to Highwood. It's a great facility. I have. Amazing. Oh, Unbelievable. Amazing facility. And, you know, uh, and we get there and uh, because it was our first time in the Nationals, if you're the first time player in the Nationals, you you they put you in a B division. <laughs> so they put us in the B division and... Uh, it was so funny because we didn't know who the big division was. And they had some good players. But we went right through the tournament, didn't lose a game the whole time, the whole weekend. It was like, love it. that good. You know, it like, love it. But uh, it was fun that we won uh, We won the gold in the big division, which was, for us, it was, like, incredible. We had never played that surface. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I was uh, a little successful on my end that I won a few single matches in the international, with the international rules, which I had never really played. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was, and we had one of the one of the guys on our team, an older gentleman. He was so proud of winning that medal that he wore that medal for I don't know how long. When we came home, he went to church with it and Jewelry. he told the priest to bless it. And uh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun with him. Yeah, he loved it. He uh, became a, a a star overnight. This guy. And, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, he passed away now. Oh man! But uh, that was that was fun. Just watching him enjoying it and. Uh, I was with my brother, you know, one of my best friends. So it was a lot of fun doing that. But we had a lot of memorable ones, you know. And it's not even the tournaments that we won. or It was just memorable moments that we had. It's almost like a family. A bunch of people going and spending time together, going out to dinner, breaking each other's chops, how bad you played or <laughs> you thought you were good and you were lucky you played a bad team. You know, it's, that stuff, it's more memorable than, than anything else, you know. Uh but, uh, you know, winning a couple of singles tournaments, that's uh, that's memorable. You know, uh, I've had some nice ones. I, I can't say. But I had some disappointing ones, you know, where you go there and you just have a bad weekend and you can't do anything right. Your team just looks like you never played before. And I'm sure that's happened to everyone. If people tell you it hasn't happened to them, don't believe it. It has <laughs> happened to everyone. Yeah. So, you yeah. know. And uh, just to clear the air, I don't know who the unit is, but I did not... <laughs> volunteer to bring him to Vegas. I don't even know who he is. <laughs> oh, my God. That's I just hilarious. want to clear the end because he said, I know you're going to deny it. I don't even know who he is. <laughs> he was right. You're denying it. No. That's hilarious. Uh, I have no idea who he is. Uh-oh. I don't know why you even know my name. Uh-oh. Hey, hey, do, do me a favor, guy. Do, I don't know if I started anything up with that one. but No, you won't. No, you won't. But do me a favor. I need you to look in your camera and say, sorry, Eric, never heard of you. Eric, sorry. I never, ever, ever heard <laughs> it's okay. I think you're fun. I think you make bocce fun with your comments and uh, your little uh, gigs that you do. Yeah. It's all fun. Yeah. We, we, and then just, just do me one more sound clip. Go. AKA Guy DeSantis. AKA Guy DeSantis. <laughs> Remember that name. Yeah, there you go. I love it. Love it. That's a perfect sign off. Guy, we appreciate it, man. Is there uh, anything else before you, anything you want to plug before you head out? Uh, no, I think uh, this ambassador thing will be great for all of us. I think it's going to be great, and uh, hopefully we can put our minds together and get on the same page yeah. with the rest of the country. I'm looking forward to it. So looking forward to it. Awesome. And meeting you guys, seeing you guys again. Yep. All right? Sounds good. Salute. Thanks, guy. guy, thank you for everything, man. Thank we you, appreciate guys. it. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Bye-bye. Definitely. Bye-bye.